ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right. This one, as you might have already guessed, is going to be slightly different. It is going to be a reverse interview where you get to ask the questions and I answer. While there were a lot of improvements made based on the feedback from the first episode, to get to what the second episode was, there were some common things across the two that still needed to be addressed. People didn't feel they knew much about me, didn't get to hear my opinions much, and also had some basic questions around this whole endeavor. This episode is to take care of those issues a fair bit. Here's what it's going to look like. First, for 15 minutes, I cover the biggest burning questions people have had about the podcast. Then, for 10 minutes, I share some of my perspective on learning. And the last 5 minutes is a 10-question rapid-fire round on me and on the podcast. If you don't have 30 minutes or 20 for you 1.5xers, feel free to jump to the section you are most interested in. Alright, as the Black Eyed Peas said, let's get it started. What is your motivation behind doing this podcast? We live in a world where we want the headline. There is unfortunately no headline here, as there is no single reason I'm doing this podcast. If I have to try and summarize why I'm doing the podcast in a sentence, I would say it brings together my interest in five things. Audio-based media, self-development, conversations, creating something, and the potential in India. Allow me to elaborate on each one of these. On audio-based media, I've been listening to music all my life. Podcasts for five years and audiobooks for two years. There is something to be said about entertainment or learnings that you can consume where you don't have to visually focus on something. If you don't have to visually focus on it, it potentially means you don't have to be stuck in a particular posture or place. In this day of limited attention spans and focus, Media that is visually consumed is occupying our prime time. Audio formats free us up to move, drive, take a shower, go to the gym, go for a hike. Things that make us human and often productive. And that's why I love audio formats and I'm big on them. I do hope two technologies, the Metaverse and Neuralink, will disrupt this. Word of caution on audio media, it can potentially be hazardous if you listen to it with your earphones on while walking on a railway track, so don't do that. On self-development, compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. It is not something that you can just see happen with your money, however, but with yourself too. There is something thrilling I find about looking back at who I was five years back and how much I have changed, hopefully for the better. It is equally thrilling to look forward five years and imagine who I could be. And that growth is no doubt impossible without consistently focusing on being a better version of yourself. Why the intense focus on that? I think it's got to do with the fact that playing your life in hard mode inherently makes it easier and better not just for you, but everyone around you and in your life. Or it might have something to do with my inability to just sit and relax and do nothing. Yes, I am well aware of Blaise Pascal's quip that all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. On conversations, Stephen Hawking once said, well actually his computer said it, 
he just thought it. And bear with me, this is a long quote. For millions of years, mankind lived just like the animals. Then something happened which unleashed the power of our imagination. We learned to talk and we learned to listen. Speech has allowed the communication of ideas, enabling human beings to work together to build the impossible. Mankind's greatest achievements have come about by talking and its greatest failures by not talking. It doesn't have to be like this. Our greatest hopes could become reality in the future. With the technology at our disposal, the possibilities are unbounded. All we need to do is make sure we keep talking. And I couldn't have said it better. On creating something, it is inherently human to make something of our own. And I feel we have gone too far down the consumption rabbit hole. This is my attempt to paddle back a bit personally. Don't get me wrong, consumption is not inherently bad, but it needs to be balanced by creation or production. If everyone is going to consume, who's going to produce? Likewise, if everyone is going to produce, who is going to consume? But it's not the same. The balance is tipped towards few producing and several consuming. Technology can make that balance better or worse, the choice is ours. While I have over the last 10 years drastically reduced my consumption of things like news, movies and sitcoms, processed food, sugar, alcohol, there is very little I have produced that is outside of my work which has a life of its own. Therefore, this. On the potential in India, India's population is 1.4 billion and growing. And then there are first and second generation Indians abroad. More importantly, a huge chunk is getting online and they all went straight to YouTube to subscribe to T-Series to watch videos of Bollywood songs. This will evolve and become a huge force. And I'm really excited to track that and experience that evolution, albeit remotely. India is where I spend most of my life, where most of the people I know are, including the three I care about the most. I definitely want to stay connected with it and contribute to the explosive growth it is bound to see. And I'm not talking about contributing to the population growth yet. There are several other reasons I can pile onto that. This is a big change for me and I usually don't make a big change unless I have several reasons for it, but I shall stop here for now. Why the ordinary Indian? If you think about my previous answer, it already directionally points towards this. Let me add some contextual glue to tie it together. Firstly, I love conversational interview-based podcasts, especially those about people's lives and achievements. I've enjoyed listening to several episodes of The Tim Ferriss Show, Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu, Masters of Scale with Reid Hoffman, and The Joe Rogan Experience. These provide a huge opportunity to learn and inculcate in ourselves behaviors and beliefs that we can see ourselves aligned with and benefiting from. Second, there is something to learn from most people and situations, whether it is what to do or what not to do. So I want to use every opportunity of that I can get. And I'm not going to let someone who we might think to be ordinary usually to get past me without sharing the lessons they hold within them. Lastly, I think there is too much focus in the Indian culture on people in the film industry, cricketers and political figures. The ordinary Indian might have posters of these people on their walls, hopefully not current politicians, 
but i do wonder how much they are able to identify with that group and see themselves as becoming someone in that group one day which generates some questions well then who are they going to become what are these ordinary indians going to do is everything about their lives going to be ordinary or are they still going to go out and do something out of the ordinary if yes how where is this inspiration going to come from and the resolve well what better way to answer them but to talk to others who have already been in those shoes and walked a mile and that's what this podcast is about and that's why it is called the ordinary indian that said there is something to be said about just starting instead of overthinking while keeping a pulse on how it is going and iterating and pivoting from there who knows what this will evolve to be over time if it doesn't die off soon for some reason that is we are at the third episode and it's already not an interview technically why now what motivated you to take the time out of your busy schedule to start this the idea in similar form has been rattling in my brain for 9 months i guess that's how long all good things take to gestate recently something has allowed me to free up some of my time for a few months if you remember author shukla ji from the first episode the concept for his books was in his head for a few years the pandemic gave him time to put them to paper iron man can from the previous episode said down times are the best times to push hard and do those things you've always been wanting to do i'm just capitalizing on the free time that fell into my lap that said even if a big block of time doesn't suddenly fall into your lap there is usually time you can free up if you bother to look at what you're spending it on whiling an hour in the bed just staring at your phone after waking up watching random things on the internet for 2 hours every night don't worry i do it too but we both know it's there to free up if we really want to when i got this free time i had to make a decision how am i going to spend it and this time unlike other times i wouldn't have felt good about myself if i used all of it to just learn something new like i usually do i knew i wanted to make something out of it put a very concrete cookie into that cookie jar we talked about last time the real question is how will i keep it going when i don't have this time anymore which brings us to the next question what does it take to put one interview based episode out there a lot i'm no expert i've only done it twice but there are four major components as i see it first is sourcing and research that is identifying a potential guest persuading them to come as a guest on the show and doing research for the episode till now i have done this with people i know really well it will be a learning process to find people who fit the bill that i don't know and then getting them on the show second is editing the episode once it is recorded this has taken the most time till now is the biggest quality control step and can be very boring it took 15 to 20 hours to edit the second episode for example through which i brought it down from 75 minutes to 45 minutes and made it pretty crisp there is an exciting app which i want to try using for editing the next interview based episode you can upload the audio to it it transcribes the audio you can edit the transcription and the audio gets edited accordingly if it actually works it is a game changer and one of the best applications of machine learning i've seen but i digress third is marketing the episode once it is released 
I'm currently understanding the Facebook and Instagram ads framework. The episode guest having a decent following on social media platforms and being willing to help market their episode would be extremely helpful too. You, the listener, can also share it with your friends or on social media. And lastly, something that encompasses all of this is the overall strategizing on how to continuously execute, expand and grow the podcast. This also involves getting feedback from people on how to improve the podcast. Please, if you have feedback on how I can make the podcast better, do share it with me. Many people have commented on the huge improvement between the first and the second episode. And a lot of it is because I worked on the feedback that quite a few of you were really kind to share. I'm going to digress a bit now. The first episode was impromptu. Author Shuklaji and another friend were visiting home and I mentioned that I want to start a podcast. I semi-cogged Shuklaji to be the first guest and literally started recording in the next 10 minutes. The other friend at that time was still eating his dinner. You can actually listen to the plate and spoon make out in the first few minutes of the first episode. You can also listen to him laugh in some later parts of the episode. So there wasn't really much time spent researching for the first episode. I figured out how to start and launch a podcast after recording the first episode. The way the first episode happened is also the reason the second episode seems a lot more polished. I'm grateful to Shuklaji that he agreed to do the recording at that time. If he hadn't, who knows if this would actually exist. Also, it's mostly his energy and personality that carried the first episode. To close out this section, my hope is over the next three months, through iterating, I will be able to streamline the process of sourcing, researching, recording, editing, marketing, strategizing enough to be able to sustain the rate of releasing an episode a fortnight when I stop having this free time. So how can we reach out to you to provide feedback? If you have to ask that, there are two options. If the word Instagram doesn't evoke massive negative emotions, just send me a DM there and please follow for future updates. Otherwise, please send me an email. Both my Instagram handle and email address are included in the description of this episode. If you did not like the podcast, I would really appreciate your critical feedback on how I can improve it. Please do share it. What do you want the audience to get out of the podcast? I want this to have a positive long-term impact on myself, the guests, and the people listening to the podcast. And I'm not worried about the magnitude of that impact. This is not a no-brainer. There are products that have a clear overall negative impact, whichever way you cut it. Think Coca-Cola. The only thing it is probably useful for is a good occasional rum and coke. There are products that have a positive short-term impact, for example, a silly comedy movie. I'm not interested in making products of either kind. Even though they might be easier to market, gain traction, and sell, usually due to their appeal to the reptilian part of our brain. I want the podcast to provide the listeners the opportunity for observational learning, to bring out through stories of other ordinary Indians what kind of things are possible for normal and ordinary people, to help discard the reasons we give ourselves for why we can't achieve what we really want to, to identify the patterns that are common among people who have done something extraordinary. The goal 
is to give them motivation to do more with their life, to have a positive impact on themselves and people around them, to encourage them to get out of their comfort zone and be the best they can be. That said, I really believe in ongoing learning, iterating and pivoting, as I've already said, as more data becomes available. And let's see how this evolves. What is your philosophy towards learning new things and uh, keep moving forward in life, personally or professionally? All right, this is going to be a long one. Hold tight. There are several ways to look at learning. One is to think about it as targeted learning versus learning for the sake of it. I've used both strategies over the last several years. The difference between them is to some extent similar to the difference between the goal-oriented and process-oriented approach discussed in the previous episode. One needs you to decide for whatever reason that there is a particular thing you would like to learn and think about it as a goal and come up with a plan to get there. If it is indeed a goal, you need to make sure it is a smart goal, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Over a long duration, however, instead of a plan with a time bound, you might have to think of it as a habit that becomes part of your identity. Here's an example. In the case of targeted learning, it could look like, I will learn to play the first minute of Claire the Loon within a month well enough for my pianist friends to not have any noob level criticisms. And you can tell that's a specific goal which also follows the SMART principle. On the other hand, when it comes to learning for the sake of it, it could look something like, I will learn to play the piano. In that process, I might subscribe to some piano-related channels on YouTube. I might listen to a lot of classical music pieces while working. I'll buy a piano and play it whenever I feel bad about not having played it in a while. You get the point. It can be more relaxed than the targeted approach. However, if you want to amp this up, you can by committing to have a particular time and location dedicated towards the learning and making it a habit for a long duration, usually months or years. The issue is it is hard to multitask. It is very hard to have multiple habits that you carry out every day, which allow you to be a great pianist, salsa dancer, engineer, podcaster, athlete, friend, lover. It's even harder to have multiple intense goals. So you have to decide which identities are you going to prioritize for now and what goals are you going to strive for over the next few months. Then it just comes down to execution, setting aside a time and place and continuing to push forward. How to identify what to learn? I can think of two ways. Identifying based on your North Star or through observing people around you. Your North Star is your vision state. I want to be the fittest or richest or most interesting or kindest person I can be. Could be a combination of those. Well, what goals and habits do you want to have in pursuit of that? With this knowledge, come up with a mix of things you will spend your time on over let's say the next couple of months. Do that and evaluate how it worked out and where to go from there next. But you want to focus on the skills that involve the most amount of learning in the least amount of time for you to get the closest to your North Star. And then rinse and repeat. Let me paint a picture for you. 
People involved in machine learning know of something called gradient descent. Here, you want to try and do gradient ascent. Imagine you are in a hyperdimensional space defined by your North Star, where every axis corresponds to the skills you need to develop to get to your North Star. Evaluate where you are today and try and see what is the steepest climb you can make towards your North Star. Yes, it will be harder, but pursuing it will be the most efficient because the resource that constrains all of us, which we can't do anything about, is our time, which is finite, at least till we figure out immortality. Learning by observing people. Here's an example that I think Brett mentioned when he was on with Jordan on Joe's podcast. If you are a farmer and your neighbor is getting twice as much produce as you with the same amount of land, you want to observe and learn. Be friends with your neighbor and ask them what they are up to. This doesn't come from a place of jealousy and trying to compete, but from a place of curiosity and trying to learn and do better. What does this entail? Surround yourself with people who are the kind of person you want to become. Create an environment for yourself where there would be constant opportunities to learn through osmosis. As they say, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. However, this is not just a process of taking, it is also a process of giving. Help those around you become better versions of whatever they are trying to become. Sharing is caring. But how do you make sure that your learning is efficient? We are inherently lazy. Our mind doesn't like it when we work hard. It likes to tell us to relax and be comfortable. Even when you think you are learning, you could be fooling yourself and just be nicely comfortable in what you already know. There are four things that you can keep an eye out for in this space and I will cover them quickly. Deliberate learning, do learn do, generate artifacts and get feedback. Deliberate learning is where you focus on learning and repeating the hardest parts of what you are trying to learn rather than the easiest. For example, if you're learning to play a piece on the piano, the first 20 seconds might be really easy, but then it might get difficult. You might realize that you have a tendency to play the first 20 seconds again and again, but beyond a point, you won't learn anything from it. Instead of focusing on those 20 seconds, start from the 20th second till you figure out the harder bit and then put both parts together. On the second bit, which is do learn do, we can find ourselves, especially these days, constantly reading about something, watching videos about it, but not doing anything. Whether that be weight training, trading crypto, or fill in your own blank. But if you think about it, learning is nothing without doing in most cases. So tie in the doing and the learning. Iterate, do something, see how it went, try and learn from it, and then do it again, but do it better. On the third one, which is generating artifacts, create something tangible from your learning through the process of doing. A painting, a video, an audio recording, an article, maybe even just a tweet or a note in your diary. Go on and make them cookies for your cookie jar. If you don't mind, create a channel on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or whatever you like to document that publicly and put your work out there.
actual physical or tangible objects or artifacts that we can point to as things we have created have an immense value and cannot be compared with just thoughts in our head. And lastly, get feedback and act on it. Request people who you know are good at what you are trying to learn or anyone credible to provide you feedback on your work. Listen carefully and identify the top things you need to focus on across them and take it seriously. If you don't work on the feedback and show improvements, people will eventually stop giving you feedback. Also, you have to make people comfortable letting you know how and why you suck. If you start crying every time you get feedback for improvement, people are going to stop telling you what you need to hear and just tell you what you want to hear. And then you're just cycling through identifying what you need to improve, using deliberate learning to learn it, learning through doing, generating artifacts, and getting feedback on them. And round and round it goes. All right, that's enough on learning. Now it's time for the rapid fire round. I will try to answer the next 10 or so questions in one sentence. What is the criteria for getting featured as a guest on the show? If you are a person of Indian origin, who decided to change the course of the ordinary life they were living by striving for something different, unique, or outside the usual expectations, and succeeded or failed miserably, but learned a lot, I would love to have a conversation with you. Who is your Indian idol? I don't really idolize anyone, but in the spirit of answering the question, I would say Naval Ravikant has had a significant positive impact over the last year on me, this answer might change a year or two from now. If you could invite one dream ordinary Indian to your podcast, who would it be? That is someone who's unlikely to come willingly until you reach 1 million subs. I'll give you three in the order of preference. Naval Ravikant, Sadhguru, Sundar Pichai. Do you plan to do an episode exclusively in Hindi? I don't think I know Hindi well enough myself. I speak a weird mixture of Hindi and English back home. If I can, I would like to continue interviewing in English as I feel it is more inclusive for the audience of this podcast. However, if there is someone with a great story who cannot communicate in English that well, and this constraint restricts me from bringing them on, I'm happy to dabble with a Hindi-English episode. What do you miss from home? Uh, those evenings when all four of us are having small eats or a drink while watching something stupid on the TV together at home. Or even better, big family events like Rakhi when everyone is together and all the kids are running around creating a ruckus. What is success for the podcast? Hmm, um, an applaudable number. And to me, it's in the few hundreds of amazing people deciding to make the ordinary Indian the fifth person in their life, even if for a short duration. Quality over quantity is what I'm trying to go for. What would you like to get out of this? It would make me really grateful if one person comes to me and says they were in a really bad place in life. And this helped them have the courage to turn things around. What do you want to be remembered for? 
for having two of the most amazing little people who spread joy, love and prosperity. But I'm not in a rush. How would your best friend describe you? <laughs> His words, not mine. Men want to be with him. Women want to be him. I think it was the other way around. Who in your life inspired you or drove you to success? People around me being role models in small ways and doing great things in life. How can we help you? At this point, I'm assuming you like the podcast. Here are six ways you can help. One, please subscribe and set up notifications or reminders. Something that tells you to come back to listen to the episodes that get released in the future. Second, you can follow me on Instagram to get real-time updates as things happen. Third, spread the goodness. Share the podcast with people you know. Post on WhatsApp or Facebook groups. Put up a post or a story on your favorite social media platform. The best link to share is included in the description of this episode. Fourth, if you would like to recommend someone as a guest, reach out to me. Fifth, if you would like to get involved with the podcast and help in some way with your time, reach out to me. Sixth, if you would like to support the podcast monetarily, you can buy me a coffee using the link at the bottom of the episode description. Well, I hope we both got what we wanted out of this episode. That's all for now. And I wish you and your loved ones a happy Halloween and Diwali.